What a beautiful prayer those words are. God, abide with us. We're on this journey post-Easter. There's a lot of great things that are happening in Scripture. And if we were to follow the journey from where we have been over the last few weeks, we would find ourselves in John chapter 21 this morning. John 21 is this great uh, scene of Jesus and, and the disciples out on a boat and a breakfast at a campfire. But, but in order to really appreciate this scene out of John 21, we need to back up. Back up a little pre-Easter, a little pre-the cross, and look at the Gospel of Mark, chapter 14. If you're able, I'd invite you to stand for the Gospel reading this morning. Mark 14, starting at verse 66. It says, While Peter was below in the courtyard, one of the servant girls of the high priest came by. When she saw Peter warming himself, she looked closely at him. You were with that Nazarene Jesus, she said. But he denied it. I don't know or understand what you're talking about, he said, and went out into the entryway. When the servant girl saw him there, she said again to those standing around, this fellow is one of them. And again, he denied it. After a little while, those standing near said to Peter, surely you are one of them, for you're a Galilean. And he began to call down curses, and he swore at them. He said, I don't know this man you're talking about. And immediately the rooster crowed the second time. Then Peter remembered the word that Jesus had spoke to him. Before the rooster crows twice, you will disown me three times. And he broke down and wept. This is the word of God given for the people of God. And we respond together by saying, thanks be to God. You can be seated. There's a pastor friend of mine who told me a story uh, that he'd experienced one time. But um, knowing that you might recognize the name or be able to figure it out, I will protect the guilty by just calling him Pastor Joe Smith, okay? Well, it was a leisurely Saturday morning, in which in preacher speak means that your sermon is done on Friday. That's what makes a leisurely Saturday. It was a leisurely Saturday morning, and uh, Pastor Joe decided he was going to have a leisurely day, but first he needed to make a leisurely drive down to the bank. And so he goes down to the bank. He'd had a few checks that needed to be deposited, and he pulls up to the drive through lane where the teller is, and, and uh, there's only one person in front of him, which is good, because um, I don't know if I probably didn't tell you, Pastor Joe is not a man of patience, um, especially when he wants to have a leisurely day. So he waited a minute or two, and he noticed that the woman in the car who is uh, there talking with the teller, it doesn't really look like they're doing business with one another. It just looks like they're talking. They're laughing. They're having a good time together, uh, back and forth with each other. And one minute goes into two, and then four, and then five. And finally, after six minutes, Joe, and did I mention that Joe does not have a lot of patience, Joe Joe just tapped the horn a little bit. I mean, not a big, long honk or anything, just a... Just a little tap on the horn, and the teller looks up and glares at him, and he sees the woman looking in the mirror back at him, and about 30 seconds later, um, she drives off. Well, Joe pulls up, and before that she can even say good morning, he says to her, you know, you guys might want to think about maybe getting, maybe you just need some more help here if it's going to take 10 minutes to help every customer. And um, it was really been six minutes, but Joe rounded up for effect. That seemed to make, make sense for him. And so he, uh, he gets the little plastic cylinder, and he takes the checks, and he puts it in, and he shoves it in the thing, the little whoosh thing, and it goes. And, and he's sitting there, and he, and he says, you know, I, I sure hope 
that this doesn't take as long as it did with your last customer. And, and when he said customer, he kind of used the little quote marks when he said it, uh, customer. Teller didn't say a word. She finished all that she was doing. She took the receipt. She put it in the little wisher thing, came back to him. He takes it out. He grabs it. He grabs the receipt out. He throws the thing back in, putting the car in drive. And as he's driving off, he hears her say, have a nice day, Reverend Smith. And he wasn't sure, but he thought that maybe she made the little quote marks when she said Reverend. (laughs) It was only then that Joe realized that one of the checks had been from a funeral he had done, and they had made it out to the Reverend Joe Smith. While Peter was below in the courtyard, one of the servant girls of the high priest came by, and when he saw Peter warming himself, she stared at him and said, You were also with Jesus, this man from Nazareth. But he denied it said, I don't know or understand what you're talking about. And then the rooster crowed. When I lived in Kansas City, one of the most uh, frustrating phone conversations that I ever had, I, I, uh, I remember it's probably got to be like 24, 25 years ago, and uh, in graduate school there, and um, Craig and I, Wyckoff and I, both worked for the Kansas City Royals, so we got to see as many games as we want, unless there was somebody special coming to town, that's when we would buy tickets, and, and so I had a friend coming to town, and I wanted to have, a, they, were, they, were, they were a Seattle Mariners fan, and so I wanted them to, to get tickets to the, the Kansas City Royals and the Seattle Mariners, and, and so I got on the phone to buy the tickets. You know, I'm trying to, you know, be good to my friend. So you call, who do you call when you need tickets? You call Ticketmaster, Right. So, I, I mean, they sell monster truck tickets. They sell Pokemon on ice. I mean, if you want it, they've got it. So you think they ought to have, like, a number that is pretty accessible. So I dial their number, and it's a busy signal. And I dial their number, and it's a busy signal. I'm, I'm kind of glad we've dismissed most of the kids because you would need to explain to them what a busy signal is. Uh, you might need to help your kids that are here. And so I'm, I'm frustrated, and I can't get through, and I keep dialing. So I sit down at my desk. And I'm just working there, and I would pick up the phone every now and then, and I would hit the redial button. Also, you would need to explain that to your kids, what a redial button is. I pick up the redial button and uh, keep dialing and keep dialing. Finally, the phone begins to ring, which is good because I was about to give up. Thank you for calling Ticketmaster. All of our phone lines are currently busy. Please be patient, and your call will be answered in the order it has been received. And then they put on that music. You know the music I'm talking, right? I mean, it's the bad hold music. You know, what, you know what bad hold music is? Bad hold music is music that used in the 70s and 80s used to be rock music, but now they play it with a pan flute and an oboe. You know? I mean, Aerosmith to an oboe or something like that. About eight minutes go by, and, and punctuated by these subtle messages of, of, hey, why don't you buy a ticket to this concert of people that I had no idea who they were. Then there was a change. Ring, 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 ring. Thank you for calling Ticketmaster. Please speak into the phone the name of the venue and the performer. I'd gotten a computer. So I did everything the computer told me to do. I jumped through the hoops. I pressed the right buttons. I I said the right words. I did everything that, that they said to do. And then they transferred me to a live person. Hello, sir. You want to purchase tickets for Kauffman Stadium, Kansas City Royals, June 7th against the Seattle Mariners. Is that correct? I thought, man, she's been listening to the little computer that I've been putting all of the things in. I said, yes, I'd like that, and for June 8th, the next day as well. I'm sorry, sir, I can only do one day at a time. That's fine. 
So, so we go through the game time, we go through the, the opponent, we go through the number of seats, uh, we go to, to the, my mailing address, my, my phone number, my email address. I said, why do you need my email address? Well, sir, you don't have to give your email address. It's just so that we can keep in contact with you and send you uh, other events that you might be interested in. No, I don't, you don't need to send my email address. And so then they take my credit card, and, uh, and there's this long pause while you wait to see if you have the money to be able to afford these tickets. And I was in graduate school. It really could have gone either way. Um, and so you're waiting patiently to see what happens. And then she comes on and says, you've been approved. And I think, hallelujah, we can move on to the next day. Sir, would you be interested in our guaranteed, absolutely free notification of an important events program? No, no, I, I really wouldn't. Thank you. Well, how about a free three-month subscription? No, no, I'm not interested in that. Well, sir, for our very special customers, customers like you, we have... No, can we just move on to the next game? Please understand, sir, I'm required to ask these questions. Okay. Ask away. Could I have your email address, sir? No. I already told you that. Well, very well. Then to confirm, sir, you've ordered two tickets to the Kansas City Royals versus the Seattle Mariners, Kauffman Stadium, June 7th. She drones on and on. And then she gets to the last part and she says, would you like these to be picked up at the box office or would you like them mailed? I said, let's mail them. Well, would you like overnight, priority, or regular mail? I said, well, let me see. It's January 7th. The ball game is June 7th. Do you think regular mail will be enough time, five months, for them to arrive? I really can't say, sir. (laughs) Regular mail, please. Well, for $3.50 more, we can send them second-day air. Regular mail, please. You don't need to raise your voice, sir. Could we just go on to the next game? Yes. What is the second game? Oh, at last I thought. June 8th, Kansas City and Seattle. What is your name, sir? It's like a bad dream. We went through everything again. Every, the same information in the same computer, every question, including the credit card information, including the sales promotion, including the question about my email. But this time I said, you bet, you can have my email address. It's not on your life at notinamillionyears.com. <laughs> Sir, this is my job. I have to do what my employer asks me to do. I've been asking these questions for six hours today. I have two more hours to ask them. I don't particularly care for my job. But what I really don't care for are customers who make my job more difficult. Thank you for calling Ticketmaster for all of your entertainment needs. Click. And as I hung up the phone, I reflected on my angry feelings and I thought... Somewhere in the distance, I heard the rooster crow. When the servant girl saw that he was there, she said again to those standing around, this fellow is one of them. And again, he denied it. There are many ways that we deny the Lord. 
had a discussion with a friend one time who was meeting with some some uh, acquaintances, and and he said he says Chad, I couldn't believe this. I was with these people. I'd, I'd never met them before. I was involved in business with them, but they began to say some things about a friend of mine. He says they were horrible things. He said I knew that they were not true, but I just couldn't bring myself to to speak up. Right? I didn't, you know. I, I didn't know these people, and, and he says, I'm walking to my car. He says, I'm kicking myself, thinking, why did I not speak up? And, and as he's still telling me this story, I heard it, the unmistakable sound of the rooster crowing somewhere in the distance. After a little while, the bystanders again said to Peter, certainly you are one of them, for you are a Galilean. But he began to curse and he swore an oath. I do not know this man you're talking about. And at that moment, the rooster crowed for a second time. Have you had that kind of experience? Have you failed like that? Have you missed your moment, shortcut your best self? Have you denied your faith because of your actions? Have you ever heard the rooster crow? How bold we are when we come together in a place like this. We're, we're just like Simon Peter. We, we, we come to Jesus, Simon Peter, earlier in chapter 14. He says, no, Jesus, I'm not going to deny you. Not me. I'm with you. I'll go wherever you go. I'll stand by you to the very end. And Jesus says in verse 30, Simon, before the rooster crows twice, you'll deny me three times. Is there anyone beside me in this room who knows the sound of the rooster. As much as we want to be good for God, there are times, times that we fail. When we're overcritical of a family member or, or that we don't like or, or we cheat or we lie or we selfishly keep what, something for us that belongs to, to somebody else or, or we think more of ourselves than we do for those that are around us. When we walk by a neighbor in need, when we classify people on the basis of of their race or their class, when we gossip, when we covet, when we break the commandments, big and small, it, it seems like our actions when we're doing them, it seems like they're just affecting just a couple of people. But in the reality of that, we are actually denying the very God who created us. See, I don't want to be, I'm not interested in being a follower of Jesus who just steps over the line of relationship, who just does the bare minimum to get in. I'm not interested in wearing the label Christian that I can just take off and put on. I, I want my life, I, I long for my life to be a description, a reflection that my life, while not perfect, is being transformed into the image of the God who created me. That the actions of my life began to mirror more closely the actions of the Christ who died for me. There was a friend who asked a gentleman, he said, how, how is it you never got married? He said, uh, well, I've always been waiting for the perfect girl. And his friend said, come on. After all these years, you didn't find one girl that you'd like to marry? He said, oh, there was one. Oh, there was one. She was absolutely, oh, she was, she was perfect in every way. And the friend said, well, why didn't you marry her? He said, well, she was looking for the perfect man, so it didn't work out. None of us are perfect. Though we strive to walk closely with God, we face moments of denial in word or action or thought. And like Peter before us, if we're listening, we will hear the rooster crow 
But here's the good news. Here's the good news of John chapter 21. Here's the good news of Easter. Easter reminds us that the crowing rooster does not have the last word. Easter reminds us that our life does not need to be defined by those moments when we heard the rooster crow. You go over to John 21, it's been a few days since Jesus has, has, has raised from the dead and, and, and he's out with the disciples. Peter's out with the disciples. Jesus said, go to Galilee, and, and he's out fishing, and they're on the Sea of Galilee. The 21st chapter of John records this stranger approaches these guys who are, who are out in, in the boat, and he tells them to let down their nets, which is a whole sermon in itself. And, and, and they let down their nets, and there's this huge catch. It's miraculous, and Peter recognizes who this stranger on the beach is. Peter, who who denied Jesus not once, not twice, three times. He forgets the fish, he jumps in the water, and he swims to the beach. And the scripture tells us that they had breakfast around the campfire. And Jesus says to Peter, not once, not twice, three times. He says, Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. And Peter, feed my lamb. Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. Then feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord. You know that I love you. Then feed my lambs. Three times, Jesus asked him. And I think that Peter knew in that moment that he had been forgiven. And I think that the sound of the rooster, the crowing of the rooster, began to fade from his mind. And Jesus, who believed what he said, said, okay, Peter, I've got something for you to do. It's time for you to go. Follow me. And essentially, what is Jesus asking Peter to do? He's saying, follow me. Do what I do. Love people the way I love them. Care for people the way I care for them. Show people the Father's character reflected in your life by how you live and how you choose to deal with the struggles that you come across. Through your actions, through your speech, represent Jesus to all those that you see, even to those men, maybe especially to those that are tough to love. And when God has that kind of willingness... He is faithful to give us the opportunities to use our hands and feet to be the very work of God in the world today. Feed my sheep. Go, follow me. In fact, rooster crowing Peter became the rock on which the church was built. Rooster crowing Peter became the foundation on which God built the church and the trajectory of history was changed by his faithfulness. You and I are not defined by the rooster crowing moments. Our life is not defined by those moments in which the rooster has crowed. God can use you, and I believe God wants to use you to do great things, to change the trajectory of history by the way you live. Can I confess to you that I have spent way too much time in my life dwelling on the rooster moments 
when instead I should have been remembering the campfire breakfast. And I'll tell you, I want less rooster moments in my life, but I want less rooster moments in my life because I love the one at the campfire who first loved me. Easter changed Peter, and Easter can change us. And today, this morning, I just picture Jesus sitting across the campfire and locking eyes with you, with you across the campfire, and calling your first name. And we begin to fumble a little bit, and he says, no, 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 I don't want to hear about the rooster. I know all about the rooster. I'm not interested in the rooster. This is what I want to know. Do you love me? And I think he asks that question of us today. And if we're able to say, yes, Lord, you know that I love you, then he says, follow me. Do what I do. Love how I love. Be my arms extended. Make a difference where you're planted today. Because I really believe this. I really, really believe this. God wants to change the trajectory of your family. He wants to change the trajectory of your neighborhood. He wants to change the trajectory of your workplace through your faithfulness. Do you love me? Then go. Be who I've called you to be. Would you stand? Father, we give thanks today for this day that you have made to be in your presence, to come together and to sing songs of words that mean things, that you are risen, that that we invite your, your spirit to come, that we are no longer slaves, that you are our living hope and great is your faithfulness. But the last song we sang is our prayer as we leave this place. Abide with us. Go with us. For if you don't go with us, there's no chance for us. Father, today, help us not to continue to define ourselves by the rooster moments of our life. But if there's a rooster moment that we need to deal with, then, Father, we want to deal with it right now. If there's something we need to lay down, if there's something we need to confess to you, if there's something we need to say, Lord, I blew it here then we want to do it right in this place. Because when we do, you are faithful to look us right in the eyes and say, do you love me? We've already seen your love. Peter saw your love across a campfire in in scarred hands and a pierced side. Lord, help us to be a people who are not content to just step over the line of what this life and calling is to be but help us to be a people who have seen you across the campfire, who have locked eyes with you, and that you know that you sent us and you promise you go with us. Oh, Lord, abide with us. Help us this week. Give us opportunities. I know you will. Give us opportunities this week to be your hands and feet, to love in some tough places, to have some attitudes that don't reflect our heart but reflect yours. And if, Father, by chance we might hear the rooster crow, help us not to dwell there, but help us to fix our eyes once again on you. Abide in us. Go with us so that we might be your hands and feet. 
Thank you for your grace and mercy. And God's people said together, amen. Lord bless you as you go.